0: If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look there. You know, I'm wondering how many frustrated people are here whose memories go back to parents you couldn't totally please. I mean, most of us know someone who's driven to the nth degree because they're haunted by those ghosts of unrealistic expectations that one or both of their parents placed on them. There are others who live in perpetual sadness because parents that would never give them the the affection and the attention that they needed and deserved. See, we're in the middle of this series, Picture Perfect, and and we've been reminded there's no such thing as a complete, total, 24-7, picture-perfect family. But we're also learning that in God's eyes, a picture-perfect family is one that strives to be a picture of His love for His glory. And today we're going to tackle probably the most difficult job in the world. Definitely the most difficult job in the family. And that is the parent. See, if you're a parent, you can relate to this. If you're not a parent, but one day will be, remember this. There's this tension that exists in a parent and the desires for their children. Because you see, on one hand, we don't want to expect too little. But on the other hand... We don't want to expect too much. And I don't know of anything more frustrating to a child or more difficult to watch than an overbearing parent. One who demands from their kids what they could not achieve themselves. Or or what is just as bad, if not worse, is a parent that demands from their kids what they did achieve themselves. Especially if the passions and gifts and talents of that child are completely different. His name was Todd Marinovich. He was born July 4th, and from the time he took his first breath, he was being groomed to be a great football quarterback. Marv, his dad, was an offensive lineman for the Oakland Raiders and assistant coach, and and drilled him from the time he was born for this one goal, to be a star in the NFL. And for a while, Todd responded. In 1987, he was the All-USA Offensive Player of the Year. He had no choice but to go to the University of Southern California and play where his dad played and was captain of the USC 1962 National Championship team. To say that Marv had high hopes and great expectations for his son was an understatement. Anything less than perfection was ordinary in his mind. His dad said, I told Todd when to eat, what to eat, when to go to bed, when to get up, when to work out, how to work out. And this began when Todd was just a toddler. He regimented his son's life to the nth degree. His son was literally going to be groomed for success for football. His dad had him doing stretching exercises and weight training at the age of five. And up until he got to college, Todd had never watched a cartoon on TV or been allowed to eat fast food. And everything went according to plan until... Todd got a little freedom for the first time in his life. Uh, Todd led the Trojans his freshman year as a redshirt freshman to the Rose Bowl. But his sophomore year, bugs began to show up in the program. This young man who had never had fast food or watched cartoons had now been arrested twice on drug charges and suspended from the team. Sports Illustrated put it this way, In most ways, Marv didn't have a life. He had Todd's life. Sadly, the two have grown so far apart at this point, his father can't even get his son on the telephone. The end of it all was put by a sports writer this way Todd's story is one of unmitigated expectations, an over controlling parental figure, and a lack of self worth. That's such a sad story. But you know, many of us have experienced that on one side or the other. Some are in danger of repeating those mistakes. I mean, let's face it. Our children don't always meet our expectations. And parents, we don't always meet the expectations of our children. Parenting can be discouraging. It's tough. And we need to be encouraged. So I have some good news for all of us parents. God, the perfect parent, has a plan for parents that will maximize our effectiveness in being a parent. And God only has one expectation. And if we meet this, we'll have the right expectations for our family. And it's this. Parents, we are to encourage our children to find God's will for their lives. To fulfill God's will for His glory. See, every parent is primarily going to be a positive influence or a negative influence on his child. Th- that's why the Apostle Paul says this. <clears throat> excuse me, Colossians 3, verse 21. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. To put that negative in a positive fashion, God intends for His parents to be the most positive influence in the lives of their kids. And to do that, I I think we need to give our kids three things. First, give our children love. See, Paul said we must be careful in how we raise our kids, how we relate to our children for this reason. They will become discouraged. There are two things that children crave from the time that they are born. And if they don't get it, they'll lose heart. And one is love. The other is acceptance. Do you notice how kids will accept other kids if, if they meet certain criteria, right? If a kid is generally good looking or, or athletic and smart, he's generally accepted by most all the other kids. Well, parents, we need to give our kids unconditional love, total, complete acceptance, no matter what. Because think of it this way, God chose your kids for you, right? He put them in your family for a reason. Romans 15.7 says, Accept each other just as Christ accepted you. Then God will be glorified. Your love and your acceptance of your child must never be performance-based. I mean, that's how favoritism develops in families. No, we have to love our children the same way God loves us. And the Bible says that God's love for us is the same as a father's love for his children. First John 3.1, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. See, there are two ways to bestow our love on our children. We say it and we show it. And one of the ways you show your children is, is you love them through physical affection, through hugs, through pats on the back. And yeah, some of you may be thinking, well, I, I didn't grow up in a home that showed a lot of affection. Well, if that's the case, it's time for you to start your own family culture. Because there's no substitute for a hug, for that warm touch. There's no substitute for that kiss on the cheek that tells your child, I love you and accept you and I'm proud of you just the way you are. You also show your kids love through attention. One of the greatest ways you can show your kids you truly love them is just listen to them when they talk. Give them your full, undivided attention. Take opportunities to sit down with them at night and talk to them about their dreams. Make sure you're always there when they really need you. Show up for their ball games, their concerts, their performances. A hundred years ago, 54% of parents' waking hours were spent with their kids. Today, it's down to 18%. One study revealed the average middle-aged father spends less than 37 seconds a day with his small children. It's no wonder that when kids run into difficulties, they're hesitant to turn to their parents. A USA Today poll indicated when teens are under stress or in crisis, they turn first to music, then to friends, and third to TV. Moms come in 31st. Dads come in 48th. More than 10,000 studies have concluded that kids do their best when they're raised by loving, affectionate, attentive, committed parents. When that happens, they're less likely to be on drugs, less likely to be retained in a grade, less likely to drop out of school, less likely to commit suicide and live in poverty, less likely to be juvenile delinquents. And they're healthier emotionally and physically. See, too many parents today give their kids stuff, but not love. They give them the cars and the clothes and the money, but they don't give them attention, affection. Whatever else you give your child. If you want to be their number one cheerleader and not their number one jeerleader, give them love. But there's a flip side to that coin. Not only do we give them love, but we also need to give our children limits. We need to have discipline. And I realize one of the most difficult things as a parent is to discipline your child. But the Bible makes it plain that one of the jobs that God gives us as parents is to set limits for our kids and to correct those children when they deliberately exceed them. It's it's almost appalling to go to a store today and watch some parents and how they allow their kids to just run wild. I read a woman about a woman who was in a grocery store and She watched this mother with the little girl who was about eight and her brother about five, and they just pulled items off the shelf. The little boy would throw them into the cart, and then the girl would throw them on the floor. And their mom never said a word. This went on for a while, and people began to watch, and finally the mother picked up the little boy and put him in the basket. And when she did, the boy hauled off and slapped her as hard as he could, called her a name that I'm not allowed to say from the pulpit. (laughs) And what did the mom do? Well, she just looked at the boy, turned around and wheeled off, children in tow, continuing to misbehave. See, she had one big problem. I don't think she truly loved them. You don't love your children if if you're not willing to set limits and discipline them when they disobey. And that may sound strong and harsh, but let me share with you what God says. Hebrews 12:6, the Lord disciplines those he loves. It's proof of a parent's love when we lovingly discipline our children. Proverbs 13:24, a very familiar one, I'm sure. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline. But worse than that, we contribute to their own self-destruction when we don't. Proverbs nineteen eighteen: Discipline your children while they are young enough to learn. If you don't, you are helping them destroy themselves. See, understand. There's a difference between discipline and punishment. God never punishes his children; he disciplines us. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, he took all of the punishment for our sin. But God still disciplines us when we disobey. And maybe you're like, well, what's the difference? Well, punishment is intended to inflict penalty. Discipline is intended to promote growth. Punishment makes someone bitter. Discipline makes them better. And, you know, one of the unexpected legacies of the affluent parents in the 90s was they couldn't learn to say no. From nice phones to iPods to expensive cars, kids just seemed to get everything they wanted. And the problem was they always wanted more. And now psychologists and educators and hopefully parents are realizing it's time to teach our kids about hard work and delayed gratification. Because kids that have been given too much stuff and not enough limits and discipline grow up having a difficult time coping with life's disappointment. See, there are two ways to embitter our kids and cause them to lose heart. You can embitter them by giving them too much freedom and so few limits that they get the feeling you couldn't care less what happens to them. Or you can embitter them by being too strict, not giving them enough freedom to develop. And there needs to be a balance. You can set limits that are too strict and standards that are too high. The Living Bible translates Colossians 3.21 this way. Fathers, don't scold your children so much they become discouraged and quit trying. Do we need to give our children the freedom to soar like eagles, but not fly like wild planes without a pilot? And the best way to do that, give your children the freedom to succeed or fail when they're engaged in constructive activities. But never give them the freedom to engage in destructive activities. That's why this third point is so crucial. We need to give our children leadership. We need to lead our children to be the adults that God wants them to be. And do this in a way that encourages rather than discourages them. Paul put it this way in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 6, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. See, parents, let me warn you of something that I'm sure you already know. You are teaching all the time. If you have children at home, your home is bugged, and you are teaching and training and leading 24 hours a day. You're never off record with your children. That's why it's important to exercise positive leadership in the family. The way you lead your kid is just as important as where you lead your kids. Proverbs sixteen twenty one, the wise are known for their understanding and instruction is appreciated if it's well presented. See, there was a company that had an end of the year banquet and they were giving their top two salesmen an award, but they did it in a different fashion to make a point. They sent them out of the room and they rearranged the tables and chairs into a maze. And they brought in the first salesman and blindfolded him. And this is how they guided him through the maze. Every time he made a wrong turn, someone would slap him on the back. But every time he made a right turn, they'd do nothing. It took seven and a half minutes to get through the maze. And when he finally got there and took off the blindfold, his attitude was not really good. Then they brought the second salesman in. But this time, instead of slapping him on the back when he made a wrong turn, they would take a spoon and tap their glass every time he made a right turn. He made it through the maze in 90 seconds with a great attitude. See, we can teach our kids in one of two ways. By being negative all the time, and screaming, and fussing, and nagging. Or we can teach them by being positive, by looking for the good instead of the bad, by looking for the right instead of the wrong. Looking for ways to build them up and not tear them down. In every situation we face with our kids, we have to ask this question. What is the spiritually encouraging thing to do? The most powerful, practical way to accomplish that is lead your kids spiritually by giving them the Word of God, by getting them into the Word of God. There's not a greater thing a parent can do for his children than meet that single expectation that God has for them. And that's to encourage your children to find God's will for their lives. To fulfill God's will for His glory. And parents, you know you have to earn the right to lead your kids. Parental leadership can only be exercised in the context of the loving relationship. So let me give you some ideas on how to be your child's number one cheerleader. Rather than number one cheerleader. Spend time with them. Doing something they enjoy. Surprise them with a trip to a movie or a park or dinner. Have a family night where each kid gets to choose the activity of the evening. Lay your hands on them and bless them and pray for them. Tell them you love them unconditionally, that you're proud of them, just because of who they are. George H.W. Bush, former president of the United States, has a resume anyone would admire. I was reading this week, he was a hero in World War II, shot down as a pilot defending his country. Elected to Congress, he was a U.S. ambassador in the United Nations, director of the CIA, vice president of the United States, and then president of the United States. And he was being interviewed, and a reporter asked him, what is the proudest moment of your career? And he said, you know, this may sound cliche, but I'll put it this way. The proudest thing in my life... Does my children still come home? So you be your child's number one cheerleader. And they will still come home. As we close this morning, I just want to ask everyone, are you encouraging your kids to find God's will for their lives? And maybe for yourselves, are you searching to find God's will for your life? Because finding that begins by by surrendering your life and your will over to Him. And so if that's something you need to do this morning, I, I invite you to come. I invite you to stop by the church. Call me. Talk to me. I would love the opportunity to just sit and share with you more about about giving your life to Christ, about being one of His children. But don't wait. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you as our Heavenly Father for showing us how to love our children, how to discipline our children. Most importantly, God, how to lead our children through your example. And so I just pray for every parent here that they continually look to you and to your word as they strive to raise their children in a way that is pleasing to you. And allows their children the opportunity to develop their own relationship with You. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.